it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Goats have home lives too. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Rich Eisen. Hello, Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen. Oh, that's Susie Eisen Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> the Rich Eisen Show. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Brian Weber. Welcome to the program. Great to be sitting in for Rich on this Memorial Day holiday. Rich enjoying a much-deserved day off. Back with you tomorrow. I'm with you for the next three hours. And before we jump right in with all of the fallout from Game 7 last night in Miami with the Celtics moving on to take on the Warriors with the NBA Finals tipping off on Thursday, just want to remind everyone out there While we are all enthusiastic about the unofficial start of summer, Memorial Day is a time of reflection as we pay our respects for those who have sacrificed for our freedom. So do take a moment along the way on your way to a beach or a barbecue to reflect on the true meaning of this day. But we're in a festive mood. Great to have you with us. Hopefully by now, if you've heard me filling in for Rich before or any other radio program that I've done over the years, My goal is to never overwhelm you with guests. I am just that fascinating. So we'll follow a winning formula with only one guest per hour. Our first guest of the program doesn't come your way until 40 minutes from now. We'll get into all the details of what turned out to be a much more interesting Game 7 last night than would have been the case when the Celtics jumped out to that 15-point advantage, never looked back. We will give you our analysis straight ahead, and then we'll expand the conversation coming up at 40 past the hour when we check in with Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report. The goal is to be interactive. The phone number is 844-204-RICH. You know it by now. 844-204-RICH. That's 844-204-7424. I try to be transparent. I'm an open book. It's not an interesting read, but I'm right here to be candid with you. I got a lot of content to get to in this first hour. So if you're inclined to throw a phone call my direction at 1-844-204-RICH, why don't you wait until the next hour? We'll have more opportunities to get interactive on the phone lines then. But as always, I'm looking for well-crafted tweets. You can hit me up on Twitter. It's B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs if you're enjoying the program on your local affiliate. But you have other duties today. And I would say to you, you're going to have to make a decision between enjoying a day off and bonding with friends and family or three hours of scintillating content, you can always take the show with you wherever you go on the Odyssey app. So, if you're wondering who is this dude, 
Why does he over-enunciate? Where else have I heard him? If you know me, and that's a big stretch, you might have seen me on NFL Network. That's where I met Rich. And because everything comes down to football now, coming up in the next hour, it's such a good story, I'll probably get back to it in the final hour of the program. I realize some of you actually have lives over a long holiday weekend, but you do have phones that work. If you've not been caught up on what happened in Cincinnati in Friday's matchup between the Giants and the Reds prior to the game in batting practice with Tommy Pham of the Reds tracked down Jock Peterson of the Giants and slapped him. Yes, slapped him in the outfield. I'm not sure if he was influenced by Will Smith. We know now much more than you ever wanted to know about a one-sided kerfuffle on a big word Monday that came down to a dispute about fantasy football. If you need one more reminder that we're all obsessed with football, it's the only thing that captivates our attention. Fantasy football, the foundation of what could have escalated into a brawl before a game in Cincinnati. We'll get there coming up in the next hour of the program. So if you are inclined to hit me up on Twitter, it's BW Weber, Weber 2 bs You might see that I tweet about a variety of topics because I am fortunate to have several media roles. Unlike Rich, I only lasted one year at NFL Network. Although, if you enjoy Good Morning Football, which won another sports Emmy last week, Rich and the fellas are going to cash in on the hardware soon because the Peacock Show is phenomenal with Brockman, my guy Del Tufo, I work with him at NFL Network, and T.J. Jefferson bringing his unique perspective. But if you enjoy that morning show on NFL Network, the only reason it exists is my team, and I'll say very narcissistically as the lead host, we schlepped into work every night at midnight to go on here at 3 o'clock in the morning. So I have become accustomed to odd hours, and I dabble in the world of tennis. So I'm coming off a nine-day run whispering over breakpoint from, don't call the French Open, Roland Garros. So like the rest of you, I was amped up for Game 7, but now I am officially 140 years old because they're telling me the game's going to start at 8.30 Eastern. Thankfully, we're here in our Regal Studios like Rich in Southern California. But when you got up, you, yeah, you, because you're working as hard as me, at midnight to go do a tennis match, when they tell you 8.30, And they still haven't tipped off this thing until 8.42, roughly. And then the game is a debacle at the outset. You're thinking, oh, can we just play this thing in the afternoon like we used to? And yes, I am quibbling, but there's a point here. I don't know if the Heat got a late wake-up call. I don't know what was going on for the majority of that game from the Miami point of view, other than it was almost directly parallel to how horrendously they played a couple games before. Boston didn't jump out to the monumental lead like they did in Game 5. Still, when Boston is up 15 after 1, somehow the Heat whittle it down to 6 points at halftime. But what's more, just like Game 6 on the road in Boston when the Celtics couldn't close it out, it was all Jimmy Butler. You talk about the notion that, for example... Giannis Antetokounmpo does not have enough help in Milwaukee. Certainly that was one of the key components of the conversation when Milwaukee lost to Boston and couldn't win that Game 7 in the previous round. Although, as we talk more about where Boston fits in in the overall landscape of Premier teams, yes, they're going to the NBA Finals, but 
let's say Chris Middleton had been healthy, I think there would have been a different outcome to that series. But for that, you got to download my podcast, Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda with B-Web. It is Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. We're live. We'll do it live on this Memorial Day. Your phone calls welcome later in the program. one 204 rich Twitter's your best bet. That's B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. But if we're focusing on someone who is quite literally a solo act, it's Jimmy Butler. After he went off for the 47 points in game six to keep Miami alive, here's Butler with 24 more in the first half. Miami, massive disparity at the line, so you can play the X-Files music and talk conspiracy theory. And don't you know, Scott Foster was on the scene. What, Tim Donaghy was unavailable? Somehow Chris Paul fouled out of one of those 4,000 commercials that he's starring in in heavy rotation simply because Foster was officiating the game in Miami. But I'm figuring as I'm actually taking notes, and yeah, another sign that either I need hobbies or I have to upgrade technology. I guess I could do this on a laptop, but I scribble things out. I'm looking for my takeaways because I'm not just going to come in and read a box score, right? It's not 1993. But with the heat down six, I'm thinking, shouldn't they have a lead at this point? Big differential in terms of free throws, although Miami did not hit their free throws. Miami could not make a three at all. And other than a little bit of assistance from Bam Adebayo, finally showed up in this series. And when we chat with Eric Pink, is coming up at 40 past the hour. If you're a Miami fan, you have to be clamoring for another star. And I realize we've been talking so much about almost the mystique that we associate with the Patriot way in the NFL when it comes to the heat, heat culture. It was trending on Twitter again yesterday. And Pat Riley was being compared to the greatest architects of any franchise in all of sports. If you watched that game last night, wasn't that the latest reminder of how flawed that roster is in Miami? Because we had seen it earlier in the series Undrafted guards like Max Struess, who nailed that big three late. Gabe Vincent, the only reason I know him is I call West Coast basketball, and I remember him at UC Santa Barbara, of all places. If your third best player, depending on how you want to define greatness, is Kyle Lowry, and I realize Tyler Hero going down with a groin injury did change the rotation. He had the cameo, wasn't effective, didn't score a single point last night. But... It was more glaring than ever that the Heat are a one-man gang, like the gargantuan wrestler that made life difficult for Hulk Hogan in the mid-1980s of the vintage WWF. But still, even though Miami got it down to six, I never felt like the game was in doubt until the final minute because Boston has an answer, and it was a typical Celtic performance relying on depth. Marcus Smart, reigning defensive player of the year. Looking forward to him trying to lock down Steph Curry. If you've looked at the early metrics, you know Curry's had difficulty. Small sample size because of the East-West matchups that are rare crossover through the conferences. Smart chimes in with his 24. Jalen Brown has 24. Jason Tatum, the most quiet 26 I can recall in an elimination game. And we'll talk much more about what this victory means for Tatum I watch a ton of NBA, and let me go back to my attempt to be transparent because when I tell you the Warriors are going to win in five, you're going to say, okay, fill in hot take guy. 
And then you're going to dig deeper into my bio and realize that I started my broadcast career in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I spent nine years with the Warriors on and off as their sideline reporter and TV, uh, TV studio host. But my run was 1993 to 2002. How old was Steph Curry in 1993? I don't want to know the answer to that question. When I was around the Warriors, we were talking about luminaries like Chris Gatling and Victor Alexander. But by way of that long reading of my bio, what I'm trying to tell you is I love the NBA. I should whisper this. I love the NBA as much as the NFL. I love the personalities. I really appreciate NBA Twitter. I'll fire up NBA TV. I'm not going to get the league pass because I'm cheap. But you can free ride all this stuff floating around out there, if you know what I mean. And I'll watch a full slate of games on a Ram Tuesday in late February. And my knock on Jason Tatum is having an understanding of how he's taken the next step in his career by getting his teammates more involved. Clearly, Tatum and Brown are not ideal complimentary talents, but they've made it work. If you're telling me Jason Tatum is a legitimate superstar in this league, and we know where he landed, first team, all NBA honors, I got to see more in high leverage situations because that tendency to disappear in big moments popped up again in a tough spot last night. So Miami gets it down to within three early in the fourth quarter, and I'm thinking, okay, I better start crafting my heat takes because I never thought Boston was going to lose the game. I'm not all in with every gambling show, but I was aware that Boston was a road favorite. Still, Miami makes it interesting, and then Boston gets the bigger lead, and we've got three minutes left, and I'm thinking, all right, how can I compare, say, the heritage of the Warriors going back to Philadelphia with Wilt? I'm looking for points of similarity between two proud organizations. Instead, here come the Heat. And somehow they cobble together that 11-0 run. They get it within five with a minute left. They're down two in the closing seconds. Jimmy Butler snares the rebound, takes it all the way the other way. He was open, and he shot the three, and he missed. So let's stop right there. You know the final score. Boston wins by four, and they never relinquish the lead. Since I've been talking about myself a lot, and there's got to be motivation to be on the radio, I have a microphone and you will listen to me. I got very lucky. I got a job when I was 21 years old. I had no business being on the air. But my point of reference is I'm in my early 50s. And it's taken me a while, especially because I call a lot of college basketball games, to fully appreciate what Steph Curry has meant to the sport on every level. Because now, if you're watching AAU, high school, you pick it, everybody is chucking threes. So the three-pointer used to be so special, we would really emphasize it on a broadcast. Here's Jalen Brown open for three. Now, you don't even acknowledge it because it's just that routine. So Butler shooting the three was not some sort of grand, bold statement. Everybody is shooting a ton of threes. That's why no lead is insurmountable in the NBA. But I didn't love it in real time. I'm looking at my terrible notes here, and I wrote why. I understand the motivation of Butler. Here's what I think he was aware of in the moment. What's more, he had played every second of the game. And remember, he's not 100%. He was dealing with the knee injury coming off that magnificent 47-point performance in Game 6. 
Wound up with 35 last night. I think Butler almost was a treat uh, of the mindset to treat that game like a road game. You're down by a couple points. If you just take it to the hoop, you got a shot at a high percentage bucket to tie the game. Instead, you know conventional wisdom says when you're on the road, go for the win if you have the late possession. I think that was one of the factors that led to Butler's decision. I think the other one was he was gassed and he made a decision in a split second, probably less than that window. I'm going forward here because if this game goes to overtime, if I'd made the two-point hoop and Boston doesn't score and we go to OT, I don't like our chances because the Heat had to expend all that energy to climb back with the 11-0 run. He saw his opportunity and he took his shot. Now, the analytics crowd will tell you that was a terrible decision. That is not his game at all. In fact, since we can break everything down into granular detail, I saw the numbers that in scenarios like that, starting with a defensive rebound, going coast to coast for essentially an open, unguarded three, Butler's only shooting something like 28%, large sample size. So not the right play if you're going to just ride the numbers, but I understand what I believe to be Butler's motivation. Secondly, even though Struess somehow hit that really tough three as part of that 11-0 surge, who else on his team does Jimmy Butler have any faith in because of the flaws in the construction of the roster? So if you're a Heat fan and you don't love the shot, I understand it. I'll pose that question to Eric Pincus when he joins us coming up in the final segment of this first hour. But if anybody is entitled to take that shot, it's Jimmy Butler, and I don't care about the raw statistics because without his heroics in Game 6, there's no Game 7. Without Butler going off for 24 points in the first half, the game doesn't even have a possibility of being tight in the second half. So we can talk about things in the abstract, but I'm not going to crush Jimmy Butler for taking a shot that if he had hit it, It'd be in a constant loop right now on every sports network. And I'd be opening the show with where does Jimmy Butler shot rank in the pantheon of the biggest shots ever made in the history of Game 7s? So we got a lot more Boston to talk about. We'll start to make our transition to how things could play out between the Warriors and the Celtics when they get together Um Thursday night for Game 1 in San Francisco. Don't call it San Fran if you're looking for a moniker. Got to go with the city. That's what the locals told me for 15 years in the Bay Area. And understandably, the opening hour going to be dominated by NBA Talk. In just over 25 minutes, we'll bring in our first guest, Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report. So, straight ahead. More thoughts on what the Boston victory means. Does it change how we view Jason Tatum? Because if he had lost last night with the Celtics, Tatum would have fallen to 0-3 in conference finals. Does he need to win a championship to be put in that very tippy-top of the top shelf of NBA stars? Plus, given it's a holiday weekend, you may not have seen what happened on Friday on the Diamond. Giants manager Gabe Kapler has announced his stance on not observing the national anthem on the field in the wake of last week's tragedy in Texas. How does Kapler's decision compare to the choices made by Colin Kaepernick? That's on the way. 
just getting warmed up on a very busy Memorial Day. Thank you for sharing part of your holiday with us. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs and the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side, helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Brian Weber back with you in for Rich Eisen. It's the Rich Eisen Show on this Memorial Day. Thanks for spending part of your holiday with us. The phone number is 1-844-204-RICH. That's 1-844-204-7424. I'll be looking for your phone calls in the next hour of the program. You can always hit me up on Twitter. That's B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs, as you might imagine. We're going all in with the NBA coming off that Game 7 that for the better part of the first half, from the Miami point of view, was as uneven as poor Jeff Van Gundy's voice. I'll talk about some of my takeaways from that broadcast as well with the full knowledge that we have professional courtesy. In 15 minutes, we'll expand the conversation. Much more NBA analysis from a thoughtful analyst. It's Eric Pincus of Bleach Report. In five minutes, we will talk about what's going on with the San Francisco Giants. I'm going to wait until we get to the second hour of the program to go in-depth on now my favorite weird baseball story of all time. And that's a long list because we could talk about the freak baseball injury list. If you are a hack radio performer, especially a fill-in host on a holiday, 
and you are desperate for content, if you're talking baseball, you're talking two topics. Pete Rose, Hall of Fame, your thoughts. 1-844-204-RICH. Or you wait until somebody goes on the injured list and you rattle off all of the absolutely insane baseball injuries like Glenn Allen Hill, who had a fear of spiders, claimed that he was having a dream so vivid that his arachnophobia kicked in. And in the process of trying to run away from these mysterious spiders, sleepwalking through his hotel room or condo, stepped into a glass table and wound up damaging his foot. I want to know the real story there and how much brainstorming went behind. Okay, so now I've stepped into the glass table. You can speculate as to what might have been on that table. And a powdery substance might have dissolved. Still, how do you have the creativity to come up with the, okay, they're going to buy this. I was dreaming of spiders. But that's all now in my rearview mirror. My favorite baseball weird story of all time occurred Friday in Cincinnati. A minor exchange. One-way traffic. A slap from Tommy Pham of the Reds to the face of Jock Peterson of the Giants. Over, you guessed, the fantasy football. That's coming up. Five minutes, though. I'll get to something more serious. I don't want to pontificate as a fill-in host. This is not the Brian Weber show. Many of said programs have been canceled. But I do find it interesting. The decision announced, coincidentally, in Cincinnati by Giants manager Gabe Kapler that he is no longer going to come onto the field to acknowledge the playing of our national anthem, although... He mentioned yesterday he may pause that protest today with the Giants in Philadelphia, given the significance of Memorial Day. couple more thoughts on Game 7, and then we'll hit it hard again coming up in just a few minutes when we're joined by Eric Pincus from Bleach Report. First of all, we never talk about coaching anymore, especially in the NBA, which we always say is a player-driven league. And you can't win with just coaching. You got to have star power in the NBA. Now it feels like you have to have at least two and a half, two superstars and a complimentary third. But how about the job done by Ime Udoka, who you might have known as a journeyman NBA player? And I don't say that disrespectfully, but he bounced around the league. Still, this is his first head coaching job in the NBA. And remember, Boston was left for dead as we were easing into the new year. And then suddenly everything changed. Went 28-7 and seven down the stretch. Could have decided to avoid Brooklyn if they had massaged the schedule over the last handful of games. They wanted the matchup with the Nets in part because of the new mentality this coaching staff has instilled. It's all about defense, and that's why if you believe in Boston, their defense, number one in the league. Remember, the Warriors are also near the top of the league, depending on which defensive metric you're looking at. The Warriors are not one-dimensional, but... Warriors have had a brutal habit this year of being unbelievably sloppy with the basketball. Just tons of turnovers. So you put that together with Boston's tenacious, because if you say defense, you have to say tenacious. All the resolve they show on defense, that could suggest that Boston wins in six or seven. And Brad Stevens obviously realized his voice had been tuned out. So made the decision. It's easier to... Say, okay, I'll walk away when you have the soft landing within the organization 
of becoming the GM, but the roster construction of Boston, I think, got overlooked because of all the hosannas of praise being sent to Pat Riley. I'm not bashing Pat Riley. Miami did well to make it to the finals that we never talk about in the bubble a couple years ago. They were a Jimmy Butler mystery last night of potentially going back, but there's such a disparity between Butler and... Bam Adebayo, if you believe he's the second-best player on the roster, and I know he's an Olympian and an all-star and one of the best defensive players in the league, but contrast that to Boston, who just comes at you with waves of talent, like Derek White. The only reason I knew Derek White was he wrapped up his career at Colorado, and I'm a Pac-12 hog, but that was a nice, underrated move for Brad Stevens to pick him up. Nobody thought the return of Al Horford would mean anything. Well, without Al Horford, Boston may not have defeated Milwaukee in the last round. Go back to what he did in effectively a must-win game, down 2-1 on the road in Wisconsin. And Horford came up with major defensive energy last night. So it really, as cliched as it sounds, and when you're the fill-in host, they hand you the handbook of sports bromides. If you're talking about there is no I in team, there is a me, Boston getting it done with the team concept, the me should be Jason Tatum. Because typically in the NBA, you go as far as your superstar goes. Now, if you wanted to construct an argument supporting Jason Tatum, our Maji Steph Curry, now statistically the greatest shooter we've seen in the history of the NBA from the perimeter, for all of his transcendent talent and forever changing the game and making it approachable to young people and folks who aren't 6'7 and 275 pounds, Steph Curry has never been the finals MVP. Andre Iguodala has. Kevin Durant has. So if you want to support Tatum, you can say he is trying his best to keep his teammates involved. And look, he had 26-10 last night and some critical assists as well. But... The way I view superstars may be too old school. I can never separate myself from the Michael Jordan myopic view. With the game on the line, your superstar is taking that shot. Heck, Tatum says that Kobe Bryant is his favorite player, and you saw he was wearing the armband with the Mamba's number on it last night, an homage to somebody who would always take the big shot. I need to see more out of Tatum. In big moments, when he's had the tendency to disappear and he's got the grandest stage of them all, the NBA Finals, I'm not crowning anybody because if I hit this microphone, it's going to fall off the moorings and you're on your own for the last two hours and 28 minutes of the program. I'm not bashing Tatum. As I said, I'm not trying to overwhelm you with my NBA credentials, but I watch a ton of NBA. Look, if you're listening to a sports talk show on a holiday, you're a sophisticated member of the audience. You can tell folks who fake it, who are just reading off some blog post, and hopefully those of us who spend the time to watch games and cultivate, not hot takes, but thoughtful reflection, in no way am I undermining what Tatum did this year. I just want to see more. But reaching the finals changes the perception of casual fans, and we know historically in the NBA, it's a learning curve before you win it all takes a few runs through the postseason to get deeper and deeper and figure out that path to an NBA Finals. 
Celtics have broken through. I don't think they're going to take the next step this year. I just think the Warriors have too much to offer in addition to the advantage of playing a seventh game if needed in San Francisco. And I'm not just focusing on their big three. You know what Andrew Wiggins has done? Resurgent since the trade from Minnesota. He was an all-star this year. Jordan Poole validating why he was a first-round selection. I think the Warriors are clearly the better team. Vegas agrees. A quick thought on what the Giants manager, as we shift quickly to baseball, we're going to talk baseball at length in the final hour of the program when we're joined by Scott Miller of the New York Times. Gabe Kapler is the manager of the San Francisco Giants. I mentioned San Francisco by name, not to differentiate them from the New York football Giants, but the Bay Area and its political outlook. And I'm speaking as somebody who went to school in Palo Alto, started my career there. I think I have a decent handle on Northern California and why Steve Kerr is so beloved. And I thought Rich Eisen, and I'm not just sucking up to the host to come back when he takes more vacation. In fact, I didn't even hear it. I was doing other things when Rich was on the air the other day, but I saw it retweeted by Rex Chapman, a great clip of the wonderful work done by the production team on Peacock. Rich had some real eloquent thoughts about the latest tragedy in Texas. I would encourage you to track it down on social media. So since Rich was talking about it, I think it gives me license to drift into an area. I know many of you are going to say, I don't want to hear about sports and uh, politics, especially in a holiday setting. Okay, I'm just going to point out, because you might have missed it on Friday, the Giants manager, Gabe Kapler, says he's no longer going to come out on the field and participate in the playing of our national anthem because he is of the mindset that, He's not going to change that until he, quote, feels better about the direction of our country. If you want his full thoughts, he laid them out, I thought, in a very articulate and convincing fashion in a blog post. At One sentence that he tweeted out really captured the essence of his thoughts. This is written by Gabe Kapler, quote, We're not the land of the free nor the home of the brave right now, end quote. Now, Kapler aware that Memorial Day holds a special importance in this nation, and we'll find out if he decides to modify or suspend the protest today with the Giants playing a Memorial Day game in Philadelphia. But this story happened on Friday. I didn't see a ton of attention paid to it. Some of that a byproduct of the long holiday weekend and the quote-unquote embrace debate shows aren't on, thankfully, during the weekend, so the hot take guys weren't around to bloviate. I just wonder, if you have issues with Colin Kaepernick, and I know it's not a direct comparison, we're talking about the face of a franchise and the starting quarterback versus a manager, so it's player versus management, if you want to extend that contrast. We're talking about, I think, a very different time frame. You can get into the minutia of the actual execution of the decision, because candidly, if Colin Kaepernick had just stayed in the locker room until somebody asked him about why he was not on the field, I think it would have been a non-story in 2016. But when he sat down and credit the dogged reporting of Steve Weich of NFL Network, great friend of mine, good friend of Rich's, a real football journalist, Steve was covering that preseason game. And asked Kaepernick what was going on. You'll recall Kaepernick sat at first and then took a knee after consulting with a former NFL player who also was a 
Green Beret, and Nate Boyer. So we're talking about Kaepernick in a vivid way taking a knee to make his opinion known that he was at a point in which he could no longer be silent with his body language about racial injustice. Kapler is different because we don't see him. And if I didn't tell you about this, you might not even know this was going on because he's not on the field. And then finally, I think the biggest difference is where we are in professional sports in 2022 versus where we were in 2016 and the highly charged presidential election and the mileage Donald Trump got out of the Colin Kaepernick story. Plus, when you watch NFL football now, what do you see on the field? Many of the slogans embracing what Colin Kaepernick wanted to see be achieved in the society. Namely, you see the two words and racism in the end zone of National Football League Stadium. So this bears tracking moving forward. I think the story will die down to a degree if Kapler suspends the protest for today in observance of Memorial Day. He says this is a decision for now. I'll give you the quote again, until I feel better about the direction of our country. But I'll leave you with this. What else is different when you think about Gabe Kapler and Colin Kaepernick and the level of outrage These two choices have led to. And I'll let you draw your own conclusions as we wind down and get set for much more NBA conversation. Looking forward to checking in with our first guest today. What have I missed? It's not possible I've overlooked anything with my comprehensive analysis. So I'm going to bring in somebody who really knows what he's talking about and pose this question. What is the overlook X factor for the NBA Finals, which get underway on Thursday? We'll check in with Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report. I'm Brian Weber. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Memorial Day holiday. I'm in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. It is the Rich Eisen Show on this Memorial Day. Your phone calls are a possibility in the next hour of the program. We're 15 minutes away from tipping off hour number two. 1-844-204-RICH. 1-844-204-7424. We'll keep the NBA momentum going and we'll mix in a little football because I've got wall-to-wall, understandably so, talking NBA in 15 minutes. Is this the week that Baker Mayfield finally gets a divorce from the Cleveland Browns? But let's keep our NBA momentum going. Any show that I'm lucky enough to host, I'm looking for outstanding analysis, and I always get it from Eric Pincus of Bleach Report. Eric's also an expert on the salary cap and instructor for the Sports Business Classroom. They have a great immersive program you can be a part of in Las Vegas. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Eric, thanks for taking the time. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. So let's start with how the game ended last night. (laughs) And I was amazed that the Heat were even in the game. They put together the 11-0 run. Jimmy Butler corrals the rebound, goes the other way. He's open in real time. Did you like the decision to go for the three and potentially the win? Or were you thinking he should have drove and tried to go for a traditional bucket? Yeah, I mean, in real time, it's re- your results oriented, right? Yep. Like he missed. So, he, well, if he missed, he should have drove, right? And if he made it, then he should have shot it. So, uh, I think ultimately, if you look at the odds and the statistics, the analytics of the moment, that was probably the right shot because if you make that shot, the other team is down. The odds of them scoring are very low, and the Heat were really on fumes. As much as uh, you know, you want to say, "Oh yeah, just get to overtime." I mean, they had really struggled against this team. I don't know if they win in overtime. So yeah, he could have gone to the line, you know, drive, get fouled, maybe get an extra, you know, I don't know, free throw win that way. But the odds of that are lower than just taking a wide open three. And you could say Jimmy's not a great three point shooter. He's not, uh, but it, it's a wide open look, and you. Probably, and I think Spolstra referred to this, you probably don't get a better look any other way, even attacking the basket, because Al Horford's a good defender, and he was at the basket. The refs reasonably swallowed their whistles in that moment. So uh, it, it was it was a great shot if he made it. It's a bad shot if he missed. I think that's really what it boils down to. I agree with you. Yeah, that was the focal point of the monologue. Also pointing out, as you know, but casual fans may have overlooked, Jimmy Butler is dealing with a knee injury. He played every second of the game again last night, and I think he laid it out precisely. Overtime was not the possibility he was looking for. Go for the win. Treat it like the road scenario. If he knocks it down, he's the hero. Let's treat this as the postmortem for the Heat, and then we'll get into what's working for the Celtics. Jimmy Butler is in the conversation as a superstar. I just looked it up. He's got a 70% probability to make it to the Hall of Fame, depending on if you believe that algorithm. The second best player statistically is Bam Adebayo. Had a big night finally last night after he had a lot of trouble with Robert Williams throughout the series. Eric, as you think about the Heat right now, and I'm not even getting into Joel Embiid having a good time on Twitter, but does this team need another star to compliment Jimmy Butler? Um, I mean, it depends on the star. I think that's maybe what we've learned over the last few years, that just throwing stars together. I mean, Westbrook didn't work. Uh, in in L.A. I don't think the Harden, uh, obviously KD is amazing. Kyrie was in and out of the lineup. It didn't really work for the Nets. So uh, what the Heat are, and and 
it's part of the issue is, is that they're a defensive monster and they have just enough scoring from their team. And then the, the lone star, uh, or I guess lone superstar at this point in Jimmy Butler. Now Bam could score, Bam can get you 20 points and get you more, but really like he's, he's the glue of that defense and he's super important to what they do, but it's hard for that team to generate points. So once hero got hurt, I was like, okay, they're pretty dead in the water. And I'm, I'm super impressed by what Jimmy was able to do, despite Hero. He, Hero played in that last game, but he, he barely played. Yeah, it was he enough. He wasn't himself. Right. So uh, they need more scoring flat out. Uh, do they need a, a star? I don't know. If they got another, like like a Norman Powell is a guy that the Clippers got. Is, is he a star? I don't know if he's a star. How about I mean, Kyle they, Lowry know. getting in better conditioning? I know he was uh, slowed down by the injury, but he didn't look 100% last night. No, and you know Kyle's been slowing down. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a part of life is his age. Unfortunately, we we experience that. You know, sports or not, you certainly experience that. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Eric. Come on. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it, it he's not the player he was five years ago, and <clears throat> that that's just the nature of it. So, I really think the heart of the matter is <clears throat> they need scoring that doesn't take away from their defensive identity. I think that's the heart of it. All right, I'll let you clear your throat. You sound a little bit like Jeff Van Gundy. Let's hope that coach is feeling okay. I was very concerned he wasn't going to make it through the game, and we know, unfortunately, Mike Green had tested positive for COVID. Let's shift to Boston, and we're getting you ready for the NBA Finals with Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report. Eric, you know the inner workings of the NBA better than I do. Do you think that guys in the league, the real alpha dogs, look at Jason Tatum and say, that's a superstar. Yeah, I mean, Jason is everything that you would want in a player. I mean, uh, he can score from the inside, the outside. Uh, he defends. He's a team player. His playmaking has improved vastly. Uh, I mean, is he as dominant and, and powerful as, say, a Giannis? I mean, I would say not yet. I don't know if he'll ever be just on the on the physical dominance that someone like Antetokounmpo is. Uh, but you know, your same goes back to the same argument dating back decades of Kobe and Shaq. I yeah. mean, as great as Kobe ever was, he was never going to be a seven foot monster like Shaq. So, uh, but I, I think Tatum is a, among the best players in the league. I don't know where you would place him, but absolutely top ten. Certainly in the argument for top five. I, I don't know about top one or two, but he's certainly making the case for being uh, one of the best players in the league. It's a, a pretty special run what the Celtics have put together. And they've been building, as you know, go back to what they did when Kyrie was still on the team, got hurt, and this nucleus came together and it's all paid off now. So we got game one of the finals coming up on Thursday. We know statistically nobody is more defensively efficient than Boston, although the Warriors play very solid defense as well. Eric, how much confidence do you have that Boston will slow down Steph Curry? I'm looking forward to Marcus Smart being all over him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this series is not like, oh, the Warriors got it. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, obviously in Boston they're going to be, you know, of course Celtics got it. But I, <clears throat> my general sense from talking to people, oh, they think Warriors are heavily favored or maybe minorly favored. I, I think it's pretty even. Uh, there are some weaknesses defensively in what the Warriors do with their smaller guards, Jordan Poole and Steph Curry. Uh, they have better defenders, but those defenders aren't great scorers. So it's it's a it's a matter of balance. Can Steve Kerr, who's a great great coach, uh, can he find the right combinations that could score against the Celtic defense? 
that can also stop their bigger wings like you know Jalen Brown, Tatum, and guys like Horford and, and Robert Williams who are big defensive presences, uh, if that's the right word. And then and they also can get in. You know, maybe not. Uh, you know, Horford can go for a lot of points here and there. Right. But uh, you know, twelve, fifteen points, all you need from those guys, and, and that's enough. And Smart can score. He could put some pressure on Steph. Uh, as a scorer, he's not an elite scorer, but same idea. And then, uh, you know, his defensive acumen, obviously defensive player of the year. Uh, it, I see it split uh, 2-2 going into, you know, game game five. And now it's 1-1-1, uh, uh, and we love that moving <laughs> forward. Well, I'll talk to you after 2-2. Finally, and let's do it in 30 seconds, I mentioned the role you play as an instructor for the sports business classroom. Great program coming up in July in Vegas. What are the details? Well, it, it, like I said, like you said, it's in July at La, in Las Vegas, actually at the gym where summer league games are played, and it's for students who are interested in making a career in basketball. We have different majors, salary cap, which is of course my favorite. That's my expertise. Uh, but we have scouting, video, and analytics. We have media and broadcast, all run by tremendous people who have a real love, not just for uh, the game, but really for for paying it forward. Uh, we're all people who have. All the instructors are people who have had some success in this industry and, and want to help uh, those who are interested, who believe that they can make a difference with a team, whether it's a big job, a small job. We've got some great alumni. Some are GMs of G League teams, which is pretty astounding. And you hear the music playing, so we'll leave it there. Sportsbusinessclassroom.com. Eric, as always, I appreciate the insights. Awesome. You got it anytime. Thank Eric Pink is a Bleacher Report. One hour down, another hour to get to. We'll tip it off with more NBA conversation. Plus, we'll make the move to football. What are the Niners going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo when he gets healthy? And is this the week that Baker Mayfield finally says goodbye, Cleveland? I'm Brian Weber in for Rich, Memorial Day edition of The Rich Eisen Show.